Hi everyone, it's Joyce. I just wanted to say that I hope you're keeping safe, healthy, and hanging in there. Sending love your way and my thoughts are with you. To help spread the word of positive inner beauty, I invite you to please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Hello Beauty. This makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Thanks and enjoy this episode. You want to dedicate time to yourself every day. Right, so we dedicate so much time to other things, to what's going on for our friends, to our work, and I think that even when we're trying to improve our relationship to ourselves, we're not dedicating the time that we need to be able to do that. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hey there, Joyce Baton here, and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Dr. Shiva Asar. Dr. Shiva is a licensed clinical psychologist and consultant, specializing in working with women on self-confidence and relationships. This conversation is only meant for educational purposes and not meant for mental health advice or treatment. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Dr. Shiva. Thank you so much, I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I feel like I know the cliche term now more than ever. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I really think that what you specialize on is really what we need now more than ever, as I mentioned. <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners and before we do a deep dive, talk term. to me about what you do in your background. Give us a cliff note. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, to the listeners, hi, I'm Dr. Shiva. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and I recently transitioned into relationship coaching. Um, and so my specialty is working with young women, women who are high achieving and who are doing really well in life and yet they don't really realize how great they're doing. Um, so really focus on improving their self-confidence, improving their relationships, their communication skills. Um, and prior to this, I was, I've worked in just many different settings. And so I think I've always just been gravitated towards how can I support women to feel better about themselves and to just to have the uh, relationships and the experiences that they've wanted to. And so that's some of the work that I'm doing right now. We're all experiencing a pandemic. And yeah. it really has affected us in so many ways, um, our personal lives, loss of our business and, or unemployment, all these happenings definitely will affect our self-confidence. Yeah. Talk to me about how we can improve our relationship with ourselves to reduce the inner self-critic. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, I think in general, I just want to really validate, I think in this last year, so many of us have experienced emotional distress and you may have Someone may, their confidence may have been impacted or much more may have been impacted. I think that what we've seen in general with our mental health um, struggles and challenges have been on the rise in this last year. And so I really want to validate any experience that people are having. It's just been incredibly unprecedented in so many different ways. Um, but I think when I think about self-confidence, I think for me, I pay a lot of attention. I think it's really important for all of us to really be curious about our own thinking. So how do we tend to speak to ourselves? Like what is the uh, tone that we use? How do we tend to speak to us when things are stressful, when things don't go well? So if we think about this last year, there's been a lot that's been outside of our control. And so I think um, initially what I would hear from people was that there was a desire to still be able to respond and live through life in the ways that they used to prior to the pandemic. 
And I think that that can add just its own layer of stress, right? And it's, and it's quite actually impossible to do a lot of the things that we were doing prior to the pandemic. So I think for me, when I think about the inner critic is that that can be something that comes up more for people where there, there's so much that is outside of our control. And then we may find that we feel higher expectations to perform and balance things. And it's so important to recognize that um, that inner critic is not likely not serving us and it's contributing to more distress for us. And I think when we think about the pandemic, especially, there's no right, quote unquote, right way of responding, right? I think we're all struggling in different ways that we just may not even realize that other people are struggling, but I think everyone's struggling in one way or another. If we recognize, because I think the first step is really recognizing mm -hmm. that you're doing this yourself, right? Do you have any way tangible steps, maybe three steps that people can apply if they recognize that they are criticizing themselves? Sure, absolutely. I would say, as you mentioned, just the first step is recognizing it, right? And then when you recognize it, I think that's something to keep in mind is recognizing that it's okay that you're doing that. I think sometimes when people will recognize it, then, they'll, then the inner self-critic <laughs> will become even worse. Like, why am I having that thought? Why I should yeah. be having this thought? So I think before you shame yourself or start criticizing yourself, you more just recognize it and just acknowledge, okay, this is the thought that I'm having, or this is the pressure that I'm feeling. And, and then I think it's important to ask yourself, okay, what would I say to someone who was in a similar situation that I cared for? Let's say a friend reached out to me and they were struggling in the same way. What would be the advice that I would give them? What would be the tone that I would use? Um, because I think that so often we respond to ourselves in ways that we would never respond to other people. So I think just simply in that moment, asking yourself what you would say to someone else is going to help you to realize how strong your inner critic is. Um, and then I think with that also doing something that's going to help you in that moment. I always say like giving yourself an emotional hug, right? So like if I'm really struggling, what do I need right now? Right? Like if, 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 Again, thinking about a loved one or a friend who called you, if they were struggling, what would you suggest that they do? Um, what, would, what would help you to feel supported? I think through the research, we realize more and more that the people who are actually able to show more self-compassion towards themselves, they're able to uh, demonstrate greater resilience. Right? And I think that there's, there were able to more persevere across challenges. And this was a very foreign concept to me. I, um, I think because of cultural and familial background, I think there were a lot of positives that I associated with self-criticism, right? And I think many people do associate, like it pushes you and you, but I think what we see is actually, it's actually the, quite the opposite effect that it has. Yeah, I totally agree. Which leads me to my next question, which sure. is what are the things that we should stop saying sorry for? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think saying, stop saying sorry for, let's say like if someone asks you for, um, to do something that you don't want to do, right? I think many of us have a tendency to be like, sorry, I can't versus just saying, you know, I actually would prefer not to do this, or I actually mm -hmm. would prefer to do this activity, for instance, or engage in this way. Um, so I think owning, um, not saying sorry for something that isn't, actually something that you would want to be doing. Um, and I think a lot of times we'll, we'll apologize because we feel uncomfortable because we assume other people are going to feel uncomfortable. So when we feel uncomfortable, so I would say stop sorry for saying sorry for that. I would, I would also stop, um, you know, justifying or saying sorry for why you're taking time for you. 
I, I, I hear so frequently if someone takes like a mental health day, for instance, or um, it's just taking, you know, exercising and they're not available to respond to an email. Like, I'm so sorry I was exercising or I'm so sorry I was, you know, meditating or whatever it may be versus just saying, hey, this is what I was doing and now I'm available. Right. So I think it's um, thinking about, you know, the boundaries that we set and how we can adhere to those in the ways that we're communicating, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love this. So we're segueing to something great, which is boundaries. Yeah. That's really what caught my attention when you mentioned that. So how do we set boundaries to find inner peace? Because, yeah. you know, I think, well, just for me, I can't speak for everyone. I'm a natural people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I do, it, it generally makes me happy when I make other people happy, but to own to my own detriment sometimes that mm-hmm. I feel like I add on too much on my plate, take on too much activities, overbook myself with time with my friends or my family. It's like yeah. I love taking care of people, but I I am running on an empty fuel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think that it um and I can totally relate. Just to, just uh-huh. so you know, and I love focusing on um, just boundaries and people pleasing and the impact that it has, because I've also gone through my own process with that personally. Um, but I think to really identify your boundaries, it really starts with checking in with yourself and seeing what are my limits? Like, what are things that I actually enjoy? What are things that I, you know, may have to do for work or I may have to do in a situation? And what are things that I actually don't like doing, right? So what are the limits that I've set? So like you mentioned, for instance, enjoying, you know, supporting other people and pleasing them. And that's great, right? If that's a decision, that's an intentional decision that you make. I think that's really great. But I think it's important to be aware of that, right? So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of why they may be doing what they're doing or what their limits are. And we fall to, you know, what we think other people expect us to do. So I think going back, I think the first thing is checking in with yourself and saying, what are my limits? What am I comfortable with? And, and how am I going to then communicate that to other people, right? So if someone asks me to do something, what are some, I always tell people, have some options of things you could say if you don't want to do it, right? How am I going to let them know that there's a boundary that I've placed? Um, and recognizing sort of why you're also doing it. I think there, the other piece of it is, you know, these are the tangible things that you can do in the moment. But I think the other piece of it is, really seeing, you know, what are my values in life and why am I making the decisions that I am? I think if we know what our values are and what gives us the most sense of meaning and passion within our lives, it's easier to make those decisions, right? Versus doing what we think that society or other people expect from us. Oh, I love that. And then recognizing these values also ties in to what we talked about earlier, which is we should limit saying sorry and apologizing for certain things and just, you know, taking time for ourselves and what feels good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I, even, you know, as we are more aware, like even from within myself and the work that I do, I think oftentimes what I see is that most times we haven't taken the time to really think about what do I want my life to be like? Who do I want to be, right? Growing up, I think a lot of us assume, you know, I should, I should be this person if it's physically, if it's academically, professionally, right? And I don't think we spend a lot of time, and especially within our society, I don't think it pushes for that, but we don't spend a lot of time to be like, what gives me the most pleasure? What gives me the most enjoyment? And I think when we can anchor, you know, our decisions based on our values, 
then it is so much easier to set that boundary. It is so much easier to do something, even if it's against what other people may agree with or may want, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it, it makes it more comfortable in some ways. Which ties in with self-confidence. And I know that you have many clients that are in the professional field. What are your tips in thriving in your career and taking your career to the next level? Because um, from my experience, sometimes I have a hard time being more assertive, but I have been learning that as I've gotten older, just being more confident with myself, you know, like what we talk about and just knowing that I can provide value and I know and I'm aware of my skills and I can bring this to the table. But sometimes it's still hard because like what you mentioned, I do also have, you know, based on my background and my Mm -hmm. familial experience, sometimes it's not a thing to overshow your capabilities because it might seem arrogant, right? (laughs) Yeah. So how do we get comfortable in asserting ourselves so we can take our careers to the next level? Yeah, I love that. I, I think there's a few, there's a, uh, I, I would say more, I'm going to just share with you what comes to uh-huh. mind, but I think there are many different ways. But I think for me, when I think of assertiveness, I think that a lot of times we have these misconceptions about what it means to be assertive, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of it can be attributed to maybe familial definitions or cultural definitions, or maybe, you know, what we've learned in society as far as what's appropriate, like, what should I share? Mm-hmm. Or not share? But when I think I, when I see assertive, as I've like grown in through my own training, when I understand assertiveness, it's like, I see it as I am speaking up for what I am wanting and what's true for me. At the same time, I'm also respecting other people because I feel like as I'm sharing what's going on for me, they know more of what's going on, right? Right? They they are more on the same page um, and I'm not doing anything to get in their way. I'm sort of thinking of both of us, right? Versus mm-hmm. other styles of communication where it's usually one person, right? If you're more passive, the person who's more maybe aggressive is going to benefit or the person who's saying more is going to benefit. Or if they're more aggressive than the passive ones, is going to struggle a little more. So I think one piece that I would say is, um, you know, thinking about what is this meaning that you associate with being assertive? Like, what does that mean to you? Does that mean that it's being rude? Does that mean that it's, you know, you're being pushy? What have you understood from it? And then I think that if it is something that you are trying to do, um, I always encourage people, like, if there's something, if you're, let's say, in a meeting, and you want to say something, and you're wondering, should I say this? Is going to sound smart? Should I not say it? Just, like, I think I, Mel Robbins says this as well, but, like, count it, like, five seconds and raise your hand and just say a little, right? Starting from somewhere, because I think that when we start from somewhere, then not only is that um, going to improve our own confidence, right? We've engaged in that action, but also I think it gives us the opportunity to realize that other people likely want to hear from us. I think most times people want to hear, um, you know, what we think, diversity and perspectives. Um, and if they don't, that's also information, right? So if someone's not wanting to hear a diverse perspective, <laughs> that's also information to you. Yeah. Um, so I think that I would say, you know, starting from that place. Um, And then one other thing that I would say, especially for a woman, I think that um, in my experience in working with women, a lot of times we experience, you know, imposter syndrome, where we assume Mm -hmm. other people have, you know, all these amazing qualities, and they probably do, but we don't really focus on what they've struggled in, and what maybe that role really requires to be in that role, right? And so we may not apply, let's say, for the VP position, because 
of what it means to be a VP of a company, for instance. Um, but I think some ways to really help with that is actually having conversations, reaching out to a mentor, reaching out to someone in opposition, be like, you know, what are things that are required? You know, do you know everything? I think we assume people know everything when they're in these high roles. What is, and I, you know, what are your strengths? What are the areas that you're growing in still? Because that I think is going to help us to feel more comfortable in owning our strengths as well, as well as owning and being okay with the fact that we're still learning in their areas for, of growth for us too. Yeah, no, I love that. I had a previous guest on Hello Beauty and she mentioned that, you know, she, uh, she has this um, general manager position now, but she admits like, I don't know everything about this position, but that is, and also the people that hired her know this, but there's a reason why there is a team that is put in place so that you can all work together and learn from each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And it's, and then there's a team and I think oftentimes people don't expect us to know it all. I think we may mm -hmm. expect that we assume that people may expect us to know it all. Um, but I think oftentimes people, you know, when you, when you, you know, when you hear someone else is struggling with something or they share something, mm -hmm. it's more likely that you'll be like, oh, that makes sense that you wouldn't know everything. But for some reason, we judge ourselves against another metric when we're in that situation. Oh, that's a good reminder. It's it's like we're kind of projecting, right? You know, we feel like we need to be to be perfect, but then we don't expect the same from other people, but we only expect that from ourselves, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so and I think and I think, yeah, realizing that can be so mm -hmm. powerful within itself. And that's why I think it's so helpful oftentimes to just take yourself out of the situation and be like, okay, what would I say to someone else? Because I really do believe that the, what we would say to other people is so much more accurate than what we would like, than what we're saying to ourselves in the moment. Yeah, no, I love that. I totally agree. So there's this one topic that everyone probably is experiencing, you, you know, even before the pandemic, but even now, like during the pandemic where dating could be very overwhelming and confusing do you have any tips on how we can navigate the dating world nowadays? And yeah. what do you think a strong relationship looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think especially right now with online mm -hmm. dating, it can be, you know, there's another layer of, it could be another layer of challenge, right? Because yeah. For social distancing. <laughs> um, but I think if we're thinking about online dating or just in general, I think it's really important for if you're thinking of going into the dating world to really be clear on, who you are looking for and what you are looking for. And the reason I say that is because I think that it's easy to connect with people and be on different pages and assume that we can change their experience or that experience will change. So let me give you an example. Like people who are online dating, um, you know, they may be matching with individuals who are just wanting to, you know, hang out and have fun. And someone may be wanting to have an emotional, like a mm -hmm. committed relationship. And so I would encourage you to really be clear of not only what you're wanting, but also where does that other person land um, to make it easier on you in the long run versus matching with someone and continuing to date someone who months later, you realize that it was true that they did want something else. Does that make Yeah, yeah. Why do you think people want to change the person that they're dating? I think that it's, you know what it is. I think uh, we assume that we can, mm -hmm. right? And I think that in when early on in the dating, it's typically we like something about that person, mm -hmm. right? There's something that they like and we assume like, oh my God, there's so many great things. Either I could potentially change this or maybe it won't be as important to me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I think those things, what we know is that most things that are core to someone, they're not going to necessarily change, right? If they're their values. Um, so for me, I just think that we underestimate just how important those things are. And we just assume that it'll be like an easy fix or it'll be, you know, they'll meet us and they'll we'll really connect and they'll change this, you know, their first philosophy on what they're wanting in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. So how do you, what do you think a strong relationship looks like? Is it, you know, laughing together, arguing in a good way, you know, if there's a, such a thing as a good way? Yeah. Um, so for sure, there can be good ways of arguing. I think <laughs> arguments are very normal. I would say that um, as you're, especially as you're continuing to get to know someone. Um, for me, when I think of, I think there's so many traits that make a healthy relationship, but I think um, I see it as, you know, emotional maturity and openness and like availability. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is I, I think there should be a willingness to um, really want to connect and an openness to be self-reflective on your own process, right? So someone who's self-reflective and who's coming into a relationship and, you know, willing to, if they're given feedback, if they're, if something has happened, they're willing to really think about, you know, what have I done? How have I, how have I contributed? How has my history contributed? Right. Mm -hmm. And then be able to engage in a helpful conversation. Um, so what I mean by helpful is, of course, there's going to be uncomfortable conversations. Of course, there's going to be difficult conversations. But I think there's a way to do that where you aren't, um, you know, attacking the other person, you're not being accusatory, you're speaking mm. it from your experience. Um, another thing that I would share is, uh, I think a lot of healthier relationships tend to approach challenges from a we standpoint, like this is something that we are going to approach versus you versus I. It's not necessarily like you are wrong, I am right. It's more of like, how can we uh, focus on fixing this um, struggle or situation together? Um, I think some other things are, you know, flexibility, someone who's mm -hmm. flexible in all ways, right? Like as stressors happen, how do they respond? How do you come together as a team as a partnership um and then what you also said a relationship that's fun that brings you positive emotions that's reciprocal so being reciprocal i think is so huge where both members really feel like their emotional needs their you know whatever their challenges are being supported in an equal way across time so not like every day you feel like oh it's been 50 50 but like across yeah. time you feel supported um i think those would be really you know important traits that I would look for. I, I, there's a stability, there's a predictability, there's, you know, as you grow to um, know each other, you know, it, it takes a, it takes some time. It's not that you immediately meet someone. I think sometimes you may meet someone and there may be, you don't want to go from zero to a hundred basically, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, want it, you want it to be gradual and steady. Um, but I think there's so many things that make a really healthy relationship, but I think there's an investment in the in really focusing on the relationship. Yeah, no, I love it about the communication. And I think yeah. reframing our choice of words, I think that's important because sometimes, you know, being single, you, we are used to just using the word I and thinking about ourselves, yeah. but now there's another person in the equation. Yeah, no, yeah. I love that. And, and um, uh -huh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, and Joyce, I think you, we can still use, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with I statements. Have you heard of I statements? 
I see. Um, I've heard of it, but yeah. it, it, please enlighten us. Yeah, yeah, I'll memory. Tell you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I think there's a, so I statements are a way to describe how you're feeling. Um, that is likely to be more of a conversational. It's not going to elicit defensiveness from the other person. So an example would be, I feel, and then you identify the feeling, the emotion mm -hmm. that's coming up for you when you, and then you would identify the behavior, right? So I'm owning, I'm owning how I'm feeling. So even if we're in a tough conversation, I can still talk about my own feelings, but I'm owning how I'm feeling versus attacking that person and saying something that I'm later going to regret. Because, um, so I'll give you an example. Like if I were to be upset with someone and I said, you know, I felt really disrespected when, um, you know, you canceled for the fourth time, right? Yeah versus saying you're such a flake i can't believe you canceled <laughs> for the fourth time like you obviously yeah. don't care so mm -hmm. so when we use the you oh the other yeah. person's likely to feel more defensive right and then yeah. they go into attack mode and so i think there's a way to still focus we definitely want to still focus on our needs but even in using the i statements and focusing mm -hmm. on your own experience you're also focusing on the health of the relationship how is that other how is this going to land on the other person how are they likely to respond what kind of conversation are we able to have when I use this type of statement? That's a good reminder. And what you mentioned, Mel Rob, well, think about Mel Robbins. Yeah. Count to five first before going crazy. Yeah. It <laughs> and attacking exactly. the person's character. <laughs> yeah. And remember, and I think, you know, remember that like other people have, you know, feelings that someone that you're talking to, even when you're upset, I think, and I always say this for online dating too. I think we assume that because for instance, someone is across the screen, that it's not a real person who we're talking to. Like, remember that people have, you know, we're being, they're being impacted by what we do or don't do. Even if we're in a relationship, we can also get into a zone where we're just so into each other but how important are boundaries as well in a when you're in a relationship? Absolutely. I think they're so important. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that it is a very, um, you definitely want to have boundaries and you want them to be respected. And I think that the boundaries may change as through the course of you dating, but I think it's important for each person who's going into a relationship to see what are my boundaries on emotional, physical, sexual mm -hmm. level, and on many other levels, right? And and, and then communicating that to the other person. We can sometimes communicate it through our actions, through what we agree to, but also really being ver verbally explicitly communicating that um, and seeing how that other person responds. Um, because I think it is really important for us to have boundaries. And I think the other thing I also think of is all, us also to have our own lives as well, right? Our own sort of connections with other people doing our own things. So there is that actual boundary and experiences as well, where you're not just fully focused, you know, doing everything together 24 seven. The reason why each of you started even being interested in one another is because of your individual special traits, right? So I right. feel like it's good to just continue honing those just to keep the spark alive, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think there's uh, totally. I completely agree with you because I feel like the more we take care of ourselves, the more we show up more fully and just we're in a better spirits within all of our other relationships. So I know even for me, if I'm taking care of myself, if I'm exercising every day, I'm going to be more understanding. I'm going to be more empathetic. And so really seeing it as you are taking care of you because of you, but also because of how it's going to impact all areas of your life. How do we know if we need a self-confidence and relationship coach? 
Oh, I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, it's such a good question. So I think there are different ways to know that. I would say if you find that you are struggling and feeling comfortable to be you, um, mm -hmm. maybe it's through saying yes to things that you don't want to say yes or fear of being rejected or not really being able to be yourself on a date, right? Maybe that could be a signal that you would benefit from really improving your own self-confidence and really seeing what are my values? Who do I want to be and how can I then do that? Um, I think some other things that I would um, encourage people to think of is, you know, if you find that regardless of sometimes people may tell us, you know, you are so accomplished, you're doing so well, like, how could you not know that? Right. Um, and I think a lot of times people will, I'll hear people will say like, I'll even share that with them and they still won't believe it. If you're having a hard time believing your accomplishments, your strengths, which you bring to mm. the world, to your work. Um, I think that focusing more on your relationship with yourself and your self-confidence can be really helpful. Um, but I think there's so many different, even paying attention to our own thinking, right? If you tend to be really self-critical, then we want to see how can we reframe that so that you feel more supported and just more at peace with who you are. Do you have any steps in taking, taking the first steps to be more at peace with ourselves? Is there such a thing as we need to have a gratitude journal? When we wake up, do we say five things that we are grateful for? I love, I mean, I do love gratitude journaling. I also do gratitude journaling. I think it's so, for anyone who's listening, gratitude journaling, there's so much research around gratitude that it can be incredibly helpful just for our mental health. Um, but I think, yeah, I think having, I think as you're wanting to improve your relationship with yourself, you want to dedicate time to yourself every day. Right. So we dedicate so much time to other things, to what's going on for our friends, to our work. And I think that even when we're trying to improve our relationships ourselves, we're not dedicating the time that we need to be able to do that. So if it is in the morning, if you have, you know, a 30 minute routine, let that be the 30 minute routine that's just for you. And I usually will tell people and engage in activities that are rejuvenating to you. So like, mm. you know, not just passively watching Netflix, right? Even if that's initially fun, right? You want to engage in activities that are going to refuel you. So maybe it's exercise, maybe it's journaling, right? That can help us to get a really get a sense of ourselves. Maybe it's gratitude journaling, um, you know, breathing, whatever it may be, coloring, anything, mm -hmm. right? Um, but whatever is going to rejuvenate you, I think it's really important. And then I also think that if you tend to be someone who is regularly focusing on, you know, the self-critical thoughts, mm -hmm. um, I would a you know pay attention to that and try to challenge them and some ways that you can do that is really asking yourself you know what evidence do i have for this like what mm -hmm. evidence do i have that i am not qualified for this position um because <laughs> yeah. and i think when i say evidence usually when i'm working with clients i will tell them like imagine you are in the court of law and the judge asks you you know shiva what evidence do you have to believe you're not qualified you can't say that you feel that way or you think you're not qualified. I need concrete evidence, right? Yeah. So I think that's one way of how we would want to challenge our thoughts that I think people can do. And then I think you want to also counteract that with then also focusing on your strengths. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, if it's through having a vision board, if it's through writing, you know, five things out and having daily affirmations, Whatever it is, I think I would intentionally focus on your strengths and celebrate your accomplishments as well. Um, I always say if you're trying to improve your self-confidence, but you're never taking in your strengths or what you're doing well at, then it's really hard to improve your self-confidence, right? If you're yeah, only focusing yeah. on the negative, then how is that going to change? 
what are your favorite activities to rejuvenate? I love, so for me, I love, um, you know, exercise. I like love cycling. Yeah. So I'll cycle, I'll go for hikes and I love doing that by myself. Um, and then I love listening to podcasts, more empowering podcasts. So when mm. I'm, you know, done or educational podcasts where I feel like, okay, I, I've gained something from this. Um, I also limit, this is like, you know, I limit my social media use. I think social media yeah. can have such a huge impact. Uh, on I agree. And it's hard because now, especially, you know, with people that have businesses like yours, you yeah. know, sometimes we need social media to just get the word out there. And we, it's like, I, I experienced myself. It's like, I go on social media to do my, you know, obligatory post and then I end up being in a rabbit hole I'm like oh no I'm stuck here <laughs> totally and that's and that's happened for me too but I think that there's I've just noticed especially since we've been remote I've just noticed like all of us are always on screens I'm always I have my phone oh, yeah. always on me that's yeah. my wave and I've just noticed that even for work even if I like spend a little more time that I want to I still have my um, you know, like that alarm on Instagram. What is it? It tracks your time. The time. Yeah, tracker. I have that actually. You've spent an hour on. I mean, yeah. I've even put it like to as little as one hour for the whole day um, on and my Instagrams, just yeah. so that I can be efficient. And it'll tell me, oh, you've spent an hour already on Instagram. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it's a nice even if you don't completely follow that it's it's likely that it's going to reduce the amount of time you know what I mean like at least exactly. for me when I see I I'm like oh my gosh like how did how is this happening yeah um so I think limiting that and then also I'm trying to think what else do I do um I just enjoy a lot of me time so I do do gratitude journaling that has um I couldn't be a bigger supporter of gratitude like I love gratitude journaling it's made such a huge difference in my own just well-being, especially in the pandemic. Um, so the mornings are just for me where, and it literally takes me like 10 minutes and I just jot down three things I'm grateful for and three things I want to experience that day. And they're mm. usually feelings. Like I want to feel confident today. I want to feel calm. And I just find that when I identify those things, then I'm searching for those opportunities to be that way. Do you know what I mean? Like if, yes, if, yeah. if I'm given an option of, you know, taking another work call or maybe, just being for, it's like my mind is going to be like, well, Shiva, you identified calmness. So take that option when you can, you know, take that. Activity exactly. More it's like at the back of your head. It's like a good reminder for you throughout the day. Yeah. And I think it comes yeah. all back to, I think a lot of this work and just taking care of ourselves just comes back to intentionality. And so I would just mm -hmm. encourage people to really think about, you know, what, what is important to me and how am I feeling? Like ask yourself every day, how am I feeling and what do I need? What's going to give me that emotional hug? What do I need to support me? And that could look different for each of us. But the point is that you're engaging in that or you're getting closer to engage in that every day. I love that. So here at Hello Beauty, we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you. What advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within? Sure, I love that. Um, so two, I would say um, start asking yourself what your strengths are every day. And if you don't know, ask, ask yourself, what do people tend to compliment me on? Or what are the things that I tend to do well on? So start from there. And the second piece is, I think, to really get to know your beauty, I think we need to cut the noise a little. So, so it's social media noise, but also comparing ourselves to other people. So when you find that you are wanting is, you know, when you're thinking of yourself and then those comparisons come up physical, academic, emotional, lifestyle, whatever it may be, 
I want you to encourage yourself to like come back to you and remind yourself that we have no idea what is going on internally for someone, right? And a lot of times we are comparing our internal experiences to our own doubts, our own anxieties, our own low confidence with what someone is showing on social media, with our own perceptions of what they're experiencing. And that's a really dangerous and unfair comparison. Um, so I would say just try to stop so comparing yourself and really just focus on you and your own growth and what you want to make your life about. Those are such great takeaways. I want to ask you about your hair care, makeup, and skincare routine morning to night. Quickly include products. <laughs> sure, I love it. Okay, um, I've actually never been asked that question. So, <laughs> um, so I typically do. Um, I'll do vitamin C sunscreen. Um, and then I'll do the CC cream, which I don't even know what the brand is. Uh, that's what I use. Is it, it, could, it cosmetic? Yes, it one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so <laughs> They're amazing. They're great. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Um, NARS concealer. Um, and then mascara L'Oreal. Um, just like the basic, I've been using that mascara forever. Um, and then eyeshadow, I have... Um, studio what is it studio i'm not too good with them uh but but so i try to it's funny because i actually haven't been um like i've you know gone through waves with like getting ready during the pandemic and now i just <laughs> realized i like getting ready <laughs> it, yeah, helps my, it helps it exactly. helps me feel better <laughs> yeah it is, i think it helps our productivity too i, I yeah. feel like if we feel and look professional i think it encourages us to work and focus on our work better I don't know did that just totally. me? Yeah. no 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 and I think that I actually there is research around that I had actually shared with someone that recently um because they were doing an article on like if you know getting dressed up during the pandemic can help us and I think if you are someone who it tends to stress you out to like have to think about all those things then you know then try to <laughs> yeah. limit that but I think for many of us what we've seen is that it does help us to be more productive and just taking those small actions in the day really increases the likelihood of us taking other actions throughout the day. Um, so I, I like to start my day off like that as well. <laughs> and I think that that would even be a way to sort of really rejuvenate you, right? Just taking mm -hmm. that time for you, whatever you like. Um, but I think for many of us, yeah, it's just the time where there's no noise and it's just us focused on us. So it's nice. Yeah. So how about hair care? Do you have any favorite products or probably tips and tricks that you've learned during the pandemic? You know what? I actually don't. Um, we're on a haircut. I just really will either blow dry or straighten my hair. Um, and I don't use really many products. Um, so right today I use some hairspray. Um, but outside of that, I'm like more of, I, I, I haven't really used too many products. I wish I did. I I'm just getting more into like the beauty, the hair. Um, but and I need to just be better at it. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with no stress, right? There's just so many amazing yeah. products out nowadays. It's, it's like a lot of information overload. You know what I will say that I have done that I didn't even think of? Um, mm -hmm. So I just recently got a haircut maybe like a few weeks ago. But prior mm -hmm. to that, I hadn't, I yeah. hadn't had a haircut in like a year. Um, but I started using the, I was having a lot of split ends. So I started using coconut oil. And so I would put mm -hmm. coconut oil for like 30 minutes in my hair every few weeks um, before I took a shower. And I found that that really helped me. And I had never used that before, but I was like, whatever works. I can't get a oh, haircut yeah. right now. Yeah. So, so like on your ends or your entire? On, um, my, on my ends. So on oh, my okay. ends, I felt, I felt like it really helped my split ends. 
Um, yeah. So, but now I've gotten a haircut, so I haven't really used it, but yeah. I, it was just super natural. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's hard when everything was closed, like no one really yeah. got their haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is something exciting in store for you? Well, exciting for me is I'm, I just have recently transitioned into coaching. And so I have mm -hmm. a coaching program for a woman. Um, it's a nine week program that's really intended to help you in like leveling up in your relationships and your confidence, having those strategies. I think a lot of times I would talk to people like, how do I communicate how I feel? How do I deal with conflict in a way that's comfortable for me? And so we go through a lot of strategies to help support you and, you know, feeling comfortable to have those conversations. Um, but I'm super excited just around this program and being able to just support these women. I think it's a personal and just professional mission of mine to feel, help women to feel better about themselves. I think we just can be so hard on ourselves. Um, but professionally, I would say that's probably the most exciting that I'm so looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. And for those that are interested in taking and applying to your program, what what are your social channels and where can they find you? Sure, thank you. Yeah, so you could find me on Instagram, it's probably gonna be the best. It's doctor, at Dr. Shiva. Um, and then through my website, um, it's drshivasar.com um, slash coaching. You can access that through my Instagram. But you would just apply if you're interested in focusing on your relationship with yourself. We would meet for a free like confidential just call to see if coaching would be a helpful resource. And then we would be able to get started. Um, so definitely, I think Instagram, if you're wanting to reach out, uh, would be the first stop. I love it. Thank you. We'll definitely check that Thank out. You. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank for having you. me. Yeah, yes. this was great. <laughs>